Well, hello and welcome to another year of Around the Nest. Jay talking our way around the Toronto Blue Jays organization. We have a number of different things that we have in store for you and that we're planning for this upcoming year. But for the moment, we just wanted to get things off and running. Uh, we did not have an Around the Nest last week. And so we have uh, put one week of minor league baseball games in the book. Now we've seen seven games in. For the Buffalo Bisons, we're trying to catch up to that. We'll get there. Uh, it's tough. There's the weather. We understand, especially in Buffalo or in Manchester, New Hampshire, or in Lansing, Michigan, you're not going to get every game in in the month of April. and early April, the weather hampers the baseball. But we're still playing. But the minor league season has still begun. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. I'm the voice of the single-A Lansing Lugnuts. And over the course of this season of Around the Nest, I will take you up and down the ladder. Triple-A Buffalo Bisons and their new voice, Pat Malacaro, taking over for Ben Wagner, then getting the call up to the Toronto Blue Jays. is the new voice of the Jays, replacing and carrying on the legacy of Jerry Howarth. We did a special Around the Nest message in tribute to Jerry earlier this year. The AA New Hampshire Fisher Cats have an interesting situation with their broadcasters. They have three. They have the two Tylers, the Lieutenant Tyler Murray, who you can thank for a lot of the great social media that they do. Or if not Tyler, Tyler Zickel does great social media content. Tyler Zickel does the road games. Tyler Murray at home with the great and the venerable Bob Lipman. A Advanced Dunedin, it is all about Jim Tarabokia, now in his second year as voice of the DJs. I handled the Lansing Lugnuts games, and I'm accompanied this year by Dante DeCaria. And then beneath me in the Blue Jays organization, we have such luminaries as Rob Fay, voice of Vancouver. And we'll check in. We'll see who's going to be the voice of Bluefield. And we'll also see if we can get an eye on the Gulf Coast League Blue Jays. It is a very exciting organization. And one reason for that, yes, is Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We will let you know how they progress. We'll let you know what we see and their development but we'll also let you know about the rest of the players. Something that it seemed very clear to me last year was, A, folks didn't realize how good Bo and Vladdy were, but also, B, folks didn't realize that they were casting a shadow that was allowing other players to flourish. And we want to make sure that we highlight all of their accomplishments, everything going on for all of those other players, the pitchers, the position players, and their growth and, the, uh, and their development. With the Lansing Lugnuts, for example, just starting in single A, the Lugnuts are currently 5-3, and three. and as I say this, it is Friday afternoon, and it is before the Lugnuts start off a three-game homestand, a three-game series against the West Michigan Whitecaps, a six-game, seven-day homestand in all. The Lugnuts are coming off winning three out of four games against Fort Wayne, the youngest team in the Midwest League. Very young, as in Justin Lopez, their switch-hitting infielder, is 17. The Lugnuts went in. They won three of the four. They won the first game of the series 10-1, to one which echoed how the Lugnuts did on opening day, winning 12-1. to And then in the series finale, Lansing's first 12 batters came up to home plate in the top of the seventh inning, and the Lugnuts scored 11 runs. That tied the franchise record for most runs scored in a single inning. Lugnuts went on to win the game 13-4. to Right now, Lansing, as I speak, leads the Midwest League in runs scored, leads the Midwest League in walks drawn, and is right up there in all sorts of other offensive categories. Not to be outdone, the starting pitching, for example, Jensi Diaz has allowed just two hits in his first 38 at-bats. He is out there pumping in the fastball. He's only 21. That fastball is in the mid toward the upper 90s. The rest of the starting rotation looks pretty darn good as well. The lefty Zaglog pitched yesterday, very solid arm. 
And then there's Graham Spraker, who's going to be going to the mound today, piggybacked by Turner Larkins. Also in that starting rotation, the 18-year-old Maximo Castillo, if you look at MLB Pipeline, is the top-rated pitching prospect on the Lansing Lugnuts. As well, the fifth member of that starting rotation is my guy Maverick Bufo. We love Maverick Bufo, 34th-round draft pick out of Brigham Young. He is definitely a guy worth paying attention to. We are partnered up this year, as always, ever since, what, several years back. By, uh, we are partnered with Bluebird Banter, the minor leaguer, uh, helping me out with this partnership. We got it going, and that way you can write in, send in your questions, and we'll do our best to answer them. So, for example, Eric T. writing in, curious about who on each team they're most excited about seeing this year that wasn't there last year. With the Lansing Lugnuts, I can answer you immediately. Ryan Noda, the Appalachian League Player of the Year. When you win your league's most valuable player award, you're on a must-see list. Kevin Smith as well. Kevin Smith is the Lansing Lugnuts shortstop slash third baseman. He's in the splitting time at shortstop with Kevin Vacuna. I saw the Smith stats. And the fact that the Lugnuts got Kevin Smith, which allowed Logan Warmuth to go up to Dunedin, there were people who asked me entering the season if, hey, we in Lansing were upset about that. We wanted to get the first-rounder Warmuth. The answer is yes, we would have loved to get Logan Warmuth, but because of this, Kevin Smith has the opportunity from a full-season basis, and he is so far taking advantage of it. He is right up there at the top of the league leaders in base hits, also uh, runs batted in, thanks to the fact that Casey Clemens and Ryan Noda are getting on base all the time. Those two guys keep on drawing walk after walk after walk, and when you've got other igniters like a Chavez Young or Reggie Pruitt or Samad Taylor. You can understand why this Lansing Lugnuts lineup has been just so lethal in the early going. In the early going, too, because it's so cold, I generally don't trust the offense. I think it takes time for offense to warm up. The Lugnuts offense has not needed time to warm up. Samad Taylor already has a 412-foot home run to dead center field. Ryan Oda is already starting to do the things we saw last year. In addition to drawing all of those walks, just like he did with the Bluefield Blue Jays. And Casey Clemens, to me, is a very exciting player at first base. His defense has been top-notch. He is picking him. When you put a throw toward Casey, it's okay if it's not online. It's okay if it bounces because he is right there with the glove. Casey Clemens is equal to the task. Now, around the rest of those position players, Cullen Large is a guy worth keeping an eye on. So is Reggie Pruitt. Large's OPS is above 900, so that might draw your eye. Batting average right now, 250. Pruitt's batting just 222. It is my contention to you that those two are going to get much better over the course of this year. And I say that especially with regard to Reggie Pruitt, because Matt Young, the Lugnuts hitting coach, told me in an interview yesterday, I sat down, had a conversation with him, and he said, hey, there's a sound that the baseball makes off of Reggie Pruitt's bat that is special. We heard it in spring training, and we're trying to get right back there. So my guess is when they do get back there, when he works and gets that confidence and gets that stroke back to where they saw it in spring training, Reggie Pruitt could very well be special for this Lugnuts team. The same holds true, I believe, for the Lansing Lugnuts catcher, Matt Morgan. Matt Morgan, uh, if you just look offensively, his numbers have not been up to scratch, and it's taken him some time to get to the single-A level. He was first drafted by the Blue Jays in the fourth round back in 2014. Morgan now in his first full year at the single-A level, first full year in full-season baseball, after we saw him for one game last year, and then off he went down to Vancouver. He's shown off bat speed. He's shown off pop in his bat, 
And yesterday, his defense was very much improved as well. Threw out a runner, picked him off cleanly at second base, handled the pitchers well from Logue to Brody Rodning, and right on through Andy Ravel, Kyle Weatherly in the pen. Ridge Smith is now injured, and that is the first negative about this Lugnuts team is that Smith is on the disabled list. So the Toronto Blue Jays called up another defensive-oriented catcher, Andre Sotillo, take Ridge's place. That defense is worth focusing on because there are offensive catchers who are beneath these guys in the system. I'm looking specifically at Jorman Rodriguez, although I'm intrigued by Ryan Gold as well. But the defense is the priority for the most part. And so because of that, I get excited whenever I see Matt Morgan do like he did yesterday where he just starts crushing them. He flied out twice to very deep center field, and then he doubled to left center, and he reached on a single that should have made it into center field, if not for a diving stop by the shortstop, Gabriel Arias, who's been one of the top prospects that we've seen so far this year. Keep an eye, Matt Morgan. This is a lot of fun for me to get to know these guys and to let you know about these guys. In terms of the Buffalo Bisons and how they've opened up the young season, they were really hampered by weather conditions. And so Buffalo... It took some time, but now they've started to play baseball. They've already gotten the extra inning game in. Their record so far, 2-2. Two and two. And I'm looking at the standings in the North Division of the International League. It's Gren Wilkes-Barre and Syracuse, both of them 5-2, and two, three games up on Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo tied with Lehigh Valley. But for Pat Malacaro and the boys, just getting things going. Good starts already. Tim Lopes has gotten off to a quick start, batting average at 545. And Danny Jansen, right from the very first game of the season, batting up, well, he went four for four. Hot start. And you know what? I think it's time to start bringing in some broadcasters. Let's start talking. Let's bring in the voice of the Buffalo Bisons. Is this Pat Malacaro? It is. Hi, guys. How are you? Pat, it is good to be joined by you. And before we even get to your team, congratulations on becoming the new voice of the Bison. Thanks, Jesse. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool uh, couple of weeks that's been here in Buffalo. And uh, unfortunately, the Herd wasn't able to win on opening day yesterday, at least their home opener. But it, it's been fun, and, and I'm looking forward to whatever 2018 brings. going to talk about your team in a moment, but I want to first ask mm-hmm. you, what was the first day that you ever worked for Buffalo all those years ago? I don't know the specific day, but it was April in 1999. Well, that was the first I, – I was a fill-in bat boy that year, and we only had two bat boys and a fill-in, and one of the regulars was a senior in college, had a baseball game that night. So I filled in for a doubleheader. The Bisons played Rochester. That's all I remember. But that was the first time I worked, and then the next season, because he was a senior in high school, went away to college and didn't come back. So I was, a, if you'll call it, a full-time working uh, all the home games in the summer bad boy for 2000 2001 and 2002 so what does this mean to you now to be called the voice of the herd uh it means a great deal to be honest it, to me it's a it's a great privilege not just because of the three broadcasters ben wagner who, who we all know very well but jim rosenhaus who's with the cleveland indians and pete weber who's with the national predators organization not just because of the legacy those three have set here but because i've sat in the seat for so many years. It's been a while now being a part of the broadcast for the last handful. But when I was a kid growing up, just sitting here in this ballpark where they're regular to be 20,000 people, it would, all, it would feel like a major league experience. So to now have that and, and be the one uh, helping tell the story of the Bisons 
to, to the fan base here in Buffalo and, and to the families of these players. Um, that, to me, is a very great uh, responsibility that I don't take very lightly. I want to go to a question that we received via Bluebird Banter, our SB Nation partner. Who on your team, who on the Bisons, were you most excited about seeing this year that wasn't on Buffalo last year? Oh, that's a great question because most of these guys have, have come back for, from last season. I guess if I had to choose one guy, it's uh, a great question. Jack McGuire may be one of the guys. Under the radar maybe, but back in the Blue Jay organization since being drafted you know, the first round, 11th overall, uh, what, eight years ago, seven years ago now, spent some time outside the organization after being traded to Oakland in 2014. I was interested to see, I feel like Deck felt like he had something to prove still, not making to the big leagues with the Blue Jays as a first-round pick, as a top-15 pick at that. So uh, I was interested to see him come back to the organization, him add some organizational depth as well, be a veteran pitcher that can come in and maybe help a guy like Ryan Barecki uh, help him go through uh, the preparation and what what it takes to go every fifth day here at AAA because McGuire has had a lot of that experience from 2014 to now. What has stood out to you the most from this first week? What jumped out to you? The hitting. Uh, last year, the Bisons did not hit for power very much. And I know it's early and we can get caught up in, in power numbers early. Just The Bisons started out 14-8 and eight last year, partly because of how well they hit and with such power, the guy like Rowdy Telez, but a guy like Dwight Smith Jr., a couple of home runs, including a grand slam on Wednesday afternoon at Pawtucket. Uh, Teosco Hernandez, uh, who's now in the big leagues, just out recently called up uh, earlier today. Uh, he added some pop in the lineup, something he added last year when he joined the team uh, in August. So if, if the power continues to be there for the Bisons this season, and you can add a guy like Rowdy Telez who, uh, learned a lot from his first AAA experience, then I think this team is going to be okay because the pitching, uh, I think, is is a pretty – it's not going to blow you away. It's not going to underwhelm you. They're going to be – I feel like they're going to be somewhere in the middle, and I think that's something the Bisons have not had maybe in the last five years. Maybe too many peaks, too many valleys. I don't expect much of that from this pitching staff. So if the hitting can stick around uh, for long enough, it could be a very good run for this Bison team. Find Pat on Twitter at PatWGR, the voice of the herd. Pat, am I getting the pronunciation of your name right, Malacaro? You got it. Excellent. Bisons.com is how to find them. Tune in to Pat all season long. And, Pat, thank you very much for joining me on Around the Nest. Thanks, Jesse. Let's go down the ladder from AAA Buffalo. Let me bring in Jim Tarabokia, voice of the Dunedin Blue Jays. Jim, how are you? Jesse, um, how are you, buddy? Good to uh, talk to you again. Hey, good to hear from you too, Jim. One week in, what stood out to you? Um, you know, our team right now is obviously not as, uh, as talented as last year. That was a special group. Um, you know, now, now Ty, with Tyler Murray is staying up there along with everybody else in New Hampshire. But, um, you know, I, I mean this in a good way. We're kind of just a boring team. And I, I, what I mean by that is they show, the guys show up every day. They handle their business, whether it be treatment, lifting, um, you know, getting ready for the game. And they go out there and, um, you know, they play good baseball. And when they win, they don't really blow anybody out. Um, they play good baseball. And when they lose, they just lose. They still play good baseball. They just got beat. And when they win, they beat the other team. So, you know, obviously those, you're going to have those clunkers here and there. But I'm looking at this team right now, and 
you know, the core we have right up the middle with Riley Adams catching and, and um, Logan Warmoth at uh, short. And then, you know, a couple of guys, whether it be Orozco or, or Josh Palacios playing um, center field. We've got a talented group up the middle, very good pitching staff, good bullpen. Um, and we've got, we have a team that um, is a little bit more um, mature, I guess, in a, um, in a baseball sense. Um, they're not. They're a little bit older uh, of a group than they were last year. So, um, I, I think that's why they're such. Uh, and I mean this again, a good way, a boring team, um, to where they just play baseball and they come to the ballpark every night, come ready to play, play the game. If they win, you know, again they win. If they lose, they're not outplayed. So, so far, first week it's been good, and um, you know we have high hopes for this club. You know, obviously it's a different complexion from last year's group, from the manager down, but uh, we've got good talent and we've got like I said high hopes for you know, what we could have here in twenty eighteen. Who on your roster that you didn't have last year were you looking forward to the most having this year? Uh good question. you know I think I you know it was a couple of guys really. Um I heard about Riley Adams in um in, you know spring training. Uh I didn't know if we were gonna get Logan Warmoth or not, so uh, it was tough to really look forward to him coming. Glad he's here. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, Josh Palacios was one. Um, I think you saw it last year, him in the second half when he was healthy, and just watching him here, top of the order this year, gets on base. Um, you know, sabermetrics people, including myself, love that, you know, getting on base, the on-base percentage is high. Um, you know, he hits for average. He's got some pop. hits gap to gap. He can steal bases. He can play really all three outfield positions and do it successfully. So I think after a week or so in here and just hearing about what I heard with him last year, I was looking forward to watching him, you know, the most. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I've been very impressed with his play, um, you know, on the position side of things. I think pitching-wise, I was really looking forward to uh, watching uh, Patrick Murphy again. You know, he finished off the year with us last year. Um, I don't want to say he was unproductive, but it certainly wasn't anything that you write home about. Uh, he was still trying to get his feet wet. And I think this year, um, you know, he's more comfortable out there on the mound. He's, he likes to, you know, work at his pace, but also he's used to the pace that our pitching coach, Mark Riggins, wants the guys, you know, to work at. So um, I was really looking forward to watching him um, more ex- extensively, and we're getting that opportunity here. And, um, again, I'm going to continue to look forward to watching him pitch because I think he has uh, a pretty high ceiling and a lot of upside. It's Jim Tarabokia, voice of the Dunedin Blue Jays. Jim, from that first week, and for me in Lansing, I come in with expectations or maybe preconceived notions, and then every now and then I get surprised. Maybe a tool is better than I thought it was going to be. What surprised you so far? Hmm. Um, well, you know, I, I, honestly, uh, nothing's really surprised me. I think looking at this team on paper in the beginning of the year, um, you know, when Dan and I were looking at it, it's kind of panned out to how we thought it would. And, uh, again, we looked at it and we said, well, there's not as much power. Let's be honest, there's not as much power as there was um, last year, with the exception of, like, Riley Adams and Bradley Jones, right? But I think looking at, you know, we, we saw a team that could get on base. We saw a team that's going to hit doubles. You know, they have speed, they're going to hit triples, one through nine. You've got guys in that order who can get a base hit and hit good pitching. So we expected what 
we're, and that's what I mean, though, Jesse, about you know this being kind of a boring team, right? Because we ex- there's nothing that's really, at least from my end, maybe Dan's different. I don't know, uh, or Dan or Allison are different, Maddie Woke, whatever. But, you know, I think looking at this team, the way, from my perspective, it's it's they're a boring team. We knew what they were coming in, and they're doing exactly that, pitching well. You know, especially late in games, there's no real questions about you know is this guy going to get this guy out or can this guy? No, there's none of that. There's good starting pitching, good quality. They're giving us quality starts, and you know then there are guys in the lineup from one through nine that again aren't going to hit over the fence and you know kill you with home runs, but they're going to run the base as well. They're going to hit gap to gap. They're going to hit the ball hard and get on base. And that's kind of exactly how it's been. So really, to be honest with you, nothing has, has surprised me yet um, about this season. Well, you can find Jim Tarabokia on Twitter. He is at Jim Tara and Dunedin Blue Jays, DunedinBlueJays.com. The DJs are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Already interesting team with Anthony Alford rehabbing, Joshua Palacios off to that quick start, and much more. Jim, thank you very much. Hey, Jesse, thanks for doing that commercial again. Uh, the radio audience here in Dunedin really enjoys it. Uh, so thank you again for doing that. Hey, my pleasure, and thank you for asking me to do so. I'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Take care. That was Jim Tarabokia with the Dunedin Blue Jays. Now let me bring, bring on my, my broadcast colleague this year. year, and we clear the same room as each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is Dante DiCario who spent last season as the Toronto Blue Jays media assistant. Dante, how are you? I'm doing very well, Jesse, on this uh, beautiful afternoon here in Lansing with the rain outside. It is raining. Uh, we've got our windows closed. Let's talk some single-A baseball. I started off the show just giving my initial impressions of this Lansing Lugnuts team. For you, one weekend, what are your impressions? I think this team has uh, a, lot of, a lot of character. And, and the one thing that sticks out just right off the bat, there's a lot of things, but the one big thing is just how close this group is together. There's a few guys coming back from last season, but most of the majority of the team is from Vancouver, from the championship team, and also from Bluefield, which also uh, went deep into the playoffs. They're very close together. There's a lot of character. Uh, there's a lot of good personalities that mix into that dress room, and we've seen it all already a week into the season. Whenever this team is down, they somehow find a way to come back late in the ballgame. Were there any games that stand out to you? Um, yesterday's for sure. Going, uh, being down three to two, going into the seventh inning against Fort Wayne, uh, and then put up a ten spot uh, with still no outs is just uh, remarkable as far as I'm concerned. The team just didn't stop. They had quality at bats, and that's the one thing that sticks out to me the most. That could be a, a particular example in terms of one game alone, but overall. You got Ryan Nota, Casey Clemens constantly just grinding out at bats, and then the top of the order swinging away and trying to get on base. And, you know, as the order goes down, a lot of guys having quality at bats. And I think that's really what it comes down to, especially uh, for this team and also uh, when trying to move up down uh, through the levels. Let me ask you about two players in particular. Jen C. Diaz, what is it like to watch him pitch? It's really remarkable to watch him pitch. This is a guy that can throw his fastball anywhere from 95 to 98 miles an hour with a, a sharp breaking ball and a changeup that's getting better alongside pitching coach Tony Costras. We saw in game one just all fastball, a couple changeups here and there, maybe a slider mixed in once in a while. But then in his second start, um, he had a little bit of trouble. I found his fastball command wasn't there, and he had to go to his breaking ball and his changeup a little bit more often, which I don't think he has as much confidence in instead of that fastball. So I think that uh, it's nice to watch him pitch, but I'm looking forward to see him grow throughout the season 
under Tony Kotzers, who is a, a really, really good pitching coach. And then another guy to ask you about, and this is the fun part of Around the Nest, is we can get, get those observations of players that we might see their stats on paper, and now we get to hear more about what it actually is like to watch them. So Ryan Noda, Noda, that Appy League Player of the Year last year, what does he like to watch in person? Watching him in person, although he doesn't have a home run, is just knowing that you're going to get the same performance every single, every single day. I mean, yesterday he struck out three times, but he still walked three times. Like, it is really that remarkable. Although he didn't hit, he still helped contribute to his team. He scored two runs. He walked three times. So watching him every single day, although he has struggled a little bit in the field, he's learning left field. It's just remarkable to see him go about his business at the play. He's so locked in. He has a plan. He lays off pitches that are not in the strike zone and just somehow finds a way to put the bat on the ball and just really does upset if yesterday doesn't strike out a lot. Speaking with Dante the Carrier right now and around the nest, Jay talking around the Blue Jays organization. I talked a little about the starting pitchers and a little about the starting lineup in the bullpen. Is there anybody who stood out to you in the early going? Um, so far this season, I really liked that Donnie Sellers, although in his first outing, he allowed an earned run. I thought that, you know, his fastball had some good life. He's got a really nice sharp cutter slash slider, uh, and then a, a nice changeup and two-seamer that goes to the outside of the plate uh, from that right-hand side. So um, I thought he's really impressed me, but, I mean, we can't really go around the fact that he pitched five innings and got 12 strikeouts in one game uh, out of the bullpen, which is even more, more remarkable. But uh, I, I really like his arm. Another guy just not, not to shore anyone out in that bullpen, is Ty Tice, whose walks are a little bit high to start the season in his first three appearances. He's walked a batter in all three games, but he hasn't allowed um, too many hits, and he's getting a lot of strikeouts, I believe five in those three innings, and uh, just two hits allowed. So I think Ty Tice at five foot nine is really fun to watch because he's able to throw that fastball 96-97. Dante DeCaria, and on Twitter, at Diamond underscore Dante, my broadcast partner for the Lansing Lugnuts games in this 2018 season. And he'll be joining us all summer long and talking about the Lugnuts, the Blue Jays' single-A affiliate right here on Around the Nest. Dante, thank you very much. Brother, Jesse, it's always nice to have uh, to come on your show. Hey, Dante making his debut. We heard from Jim Tarabokia. We heard from the brand-new voice of the Buffalo Bisons, Pat Malacaro. We'll be doing a lot more talking, and we've got some things planned. I promise you, this could be a very interesting year for Around the Nest. You stay tuned, but for right now, it's just good to get the first episode out of the way, to start that Jay talking all about the Blue Jays' prospects and everybody that you've heard of and that you haven't heard of as we go Jay talking around the organization. I'm Jesse Goldberg-Strassler on Twitter at Jay Goldstrass, Around the Nest on Twitter at Around Nest. Big thanks to the minor leaguer putting this all together, keeping, uh, keeping things going. Here's wishing you well. Enjoy the baseball. Until next week.